Steve Sarkeesian has arguably built the most explosive wide receiver room in the country directly out of the transfer portal. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked on College. And remember, terms and conditions do apply. On today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, we are discussing Silas Bolden, the latest offensive commit to the University of Texas out of the transfer portal wide receiver from Oregon State. I have made sure to specify offensive because in the second segment, we were talking about Kendrick Blackshire, a defensive transfer from the University of Alabama who committed yesterday as well. Sark, arguably the hottest recruiter in the game right now. And in the last segment, he's done such a good job in terms of the 2024 recruiting class out of high school and the 2024 transfer class, bringing in so much talent to the 40 acres ahead of next season going into the SEC. So who will be the top five players in terms of impact from that 2024 freshman class and transfer class? All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the ticker at the bottom of the screen. My current goal this offseason is to get to 4,000 YouTube subscribers, hopefully more, but I have to get to 4,000 before I can get to 4,001. So thank you in advance to everybody who is liking and subscribing on the YouTube channel. I really appreciate it. Also, everybody who's listening on audio, of course, I appreciate all that support. And thank you for all of the support I have received up until this point. I am one month away from two years in the game on Locked on Longhorn. Sounds crazy to say, but hopefully I'm doing it for two more years and beyond. So when we look at this wide receiver room in 2024, I think we had some legit question marks going into the SEC next year, right? Because you lost your top three pass catchers in that room to the NFL draft, right? A lot of explosiveness and a lot of production in terms of Adonai Mitchell, Xavier Worthy, and Jordan Whittington. And even though you had some really talented players in that room to move forward with next year, there's a lot of youth and a lot of unproven talent in that room, right? And I think that, you know, going into next season in the SEC, this is a year where Texas must maintain what they did last year in the Big 12 in 2023 in their first year in the SEC, right? You don't want to go into the SEC and prove those foolish narratives, right? That, you know, Texas only could win in the Big 12 and they're going to get humbled and, you know, get their ass handed to them, whatever, when they get to the SEC. Texas will be one of the best teams in the SEC next year. I know that, but they have to go out there and prove it on the field because there will be doubters that will pretend like Texas is not good enough to compete with the marginal teams right, in the SEC on a week-to-week basis. Because you are going into next season in the SEC with a little bit of pressure to compete and win at a high level, it makes sense that Sark wanted to hedge his bets with this wide receiver room, right? And bring in a lot of explosive, proven, and experienced talent in that room. And he's done that over the last month and a half by completely rebuilding this room and the transfer portal and creating one of the most explosive wide receiver rooms, in my opinion, in the entire country. So what you're getting in the additions of Silas Bolden, Matthew Golden, and Isaiah Bond, and their last names sound like a law firm, right? Like their names are so similar. I have to be super careful when I say all of their names to make sure I don't get jumbled up. But what you're getting in those three players, first off, is explosiveness in the return game. And that's something we haven't talked about enough 
that is a void on this football team or would be a void on this football team going into the 2024 season. Now, the offseason just started last week, so maybe I haven't given people enough time to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it now, right? It's a big void, big void to feel um, on this football team, losing Keelan Robinson and Xavier Worthy, who both were very explosive in the return games for Texas over the last couple of years, but also scored on returns in the 2023 season. So they actually added value on the scoreboard in the kick return and the punt return game. Uh, in 2023 for the Texas Longhorns. Matthew Golden throughout his career has averaged 31 yards per kick return in his career and has scored two touchdowns on only 14 returns, I believe, in terms of kick returns. So he's very explosive. And then Silas Bolden has averaged 25 yards per kick return, right? He has 41 attempts to 14 for Matthew Golden. So that's why his yards per kick return is a little bit down. But he had a 65-yard punt return touchdown in 2023. So you lost a lot of explosiveness in scoreboard production in terms of your return game in Keelan Robinson and Xavier Worthy. But you picked that right back up in explosiveness and scoreboard production in Matthew Golden and Silas Bolden. When you look at experience and proven production at the position, I think this is the biggest reason why, even though I felt like we had enough talent to succeed at a high level um, in 2024, Sark has gone into the you know transfer portal and really told us otherwise, right? By completely rebuilding this rotation. Like I said, you know, next year I think is a is a year where Texas has to go out and prove themselves and win at a high level in the SEC. And it's clear that Steve Sarkeesian and his staff are feeling that same type of pressure as well, right? Going into the 2024 season, if we didn't add anybody from the transfer portal then Texas would have been going into the SEC next year with eight returning career catches for their wide receiver room and 136 yards. All of those metrics posted by Jonte Cook, right? So you would have essentially gone into next season with no proven production at all from your wide receiver room. Gunnar Helm would have had more career stats than your entire wide receiver room, which is crazy, right? Via the transfer portal, just over the last month and a half, Texas has added 231 catches compared to the eight they already had in the room, 2,952 yards compared to the 136 they already had in the room, and 27 receiving touchdowns compared to the zero that they already had in the room. So in terms of experience and proven production and playing and making plays at the highest level, Texas did not have that on their roster going into the 2024 season, at least proven production that you can bank on. Now, like I said, you've added over 200 catches, over 2,000 receiving yards and 27 touchdowns to your wide receiver room to make sure that you have proven production at the highest level going into the SEC. And what they've added is a ton of speed. And now, really for the first time, you know, at the 40 acres, this wide receiver room looks like a true Steve Sarkeesian wide receiver room. And I think it's perfect in terms of the offense that he wants to run, right? We know Steve Sarkeesian is married to the power run game, right? We know that that's not going away. He wants to run that inside zone and run it at a high level in terms of the power run game, right? He wants versatile tight ends that he can use in terms of blocking and in the passing game. But in terms of his wide receivers, he wants explosive wide receivers all over the field that can play any position that can make plays in space in terms of the short passing game, the screen game, and the RPOs. It can also threaten the defense down the field with their speed and continuously make plays 
down the field to add to the deep passing game, which opens up everything else in his offense. Direct quote from Steve Sarkeesian. You've added some deep playmaking and some playmaking in space to this offense for sure. Matthew Golden had three catches of 30 plus yards last year and only had 404 total yards. In fact, over 25 percent of his yards came on just three catches. Right. So it shows his ability to be explosive. Isaiah Bond had six receptions of 29. Yes, I, I gave him credit for a 29 yard catch. 29 plus yards or more in 2023. Six of those, including the biggest play in college football, the game winning catch in the Iron Bowl for 31 yards. And Silas Bolden had six receptions of 30 plus yards or more in 2023. So that is your new wide receiver rotation had 15 catches of 30 plus yards last year in 2023. Now, Xavier Worthy, Adonai Mitchell and Jordan Whittington combined for 17 of those catches. So they had two more than Bolden, Bond and Golden but they did it on 32 more catches in a more explosive passing offense with better quarterback play, right? At this point, I'm taking Steve Sarkeesian's offense over the offense they ran at Oregon State, the University of Houston, and Alabama. And I'm certainly taking Quinn Ewers over Jalen Milrow, Donovan Smith, and DJ Ua Ungavale, right? So I think that the offense you have now, the wide receivers you have now, even though Adonai Mitchell might be the most talented wide receiver out of all of them, right? Even though Xavier Worthy might be the most explosive wide receiver out of all of them. As a collection, I think Matthew Golden, Isaiah Bond, and Silas Bolden can be more explosive as a trio than even Jordan Whittington, Adonai Mitchell, and Xavier Worthy were partly because Matthew Golden and Isaiah, excuse me, Isaiah Bond and Silas Bolden, I think they bring more collective team speed to that room, especially than Adonai Mitchell and Jordan Whittington did. So when you look at it, once again, Sark loves to attack defenses deep. He says that opens up everything in his offense and get the ball in his playmakers hands and allow them to run after catch and make plays in space, either on screens or RPOs. And I think you have the perfect wide receiver room to do that with Bond, Golden and Bolden. Now, right? I'm surprised I haven't messed that up this far into the show at this point. And last year we were a top 10 team in terms of yards after the catch. Right. So I expect that uh, to be a staple you know, and Steve Sarkeesian's offense moving forward. The concern, if there is a concern, is how do you divide the snaps and the targets, right? You brought in three players, you sold them your pitch in the transfer portal. Obviously, they're all expecting to come to the University of Texas and get touches and snaps next year. And so where does that leave the rest of the rotation, right? That super talented but unproven rotation that we had coming into the season. In 2022, your wide receiver three was Casey Kane, who only had eight catches. Your wide receiver four that year had two catches, right? So your wide receiver room was essentially Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington, especially after Isaiah Nayor tore his ACL. In 2023, you were able to utilize Jordan Whittington as your wide receiver three with 42 catches. But your wide receiver four, which was Jonte Cook, only had eight catches almost exclusively in garbage time, right? So what we have seen under the last three years at Steve Sarkeesian is an inability to use a wide receiver three most times and definitely an inability to use a wide receiver four. So in 2024, heading into the SEC, either Sark is going to significantly change his tendencies from what we've seen the first three years at the University of Texas, or we can only expect three wide receivers to have a significant role on this football team, which would mean that Ryan Wingo, DeAndre Moore, and likely either Jontae Cook or Silas Bolden will be underutilized in this offense. Because I think Isaiah Bond and Matthew Golden are pretty much locks to have a big role in this offense going into next season. So if I have a concern right, about this room being too talented, I guess is that the fact that we won't get to see a lot of very talented players utilized next season. And, you know, in this era of NIL and the transfer portal, that could be the reason they end up leaving the 40 acres. Who knows? Right. But what I do know is once again, Steve Sarkeesian, arguably the best recruiter in the game right now, 
He's brought in arguably the most explosive wide receiver room in the country. And one of my favorite quotes from Steve Sarkeesian gets truer and truer by the day. Texas is back on the top of college football, mostly because Steve Sarkeesian has said adapt or die. And he certainly adapted at three years at the University of Texas. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. You are locked on long. Call that fat fingers, my mistake, right? So, you know, it. I texted my homeboy this like yesterday because he had sent me the Silas Bolden commitment and then he sent me the Kendrick Blackshire commitment. I'm like, it damn near feels like cheating at this point, right? Like, and he was like, oh, well. And I wasn't saying like Texas is cheating or we're doing anything immoral or anything, right? I was just saying, like, it's gotten to the point now where every time a player enters the transfer portal, you feel like he's coming to Texas, right? Like, where where have we seen this type of recruiting where, you know, I mean, it, it's crazy. Like, the level that Steve Sarkeesian and his staff are on right now, where, like, it's just almost a lock. Like, oh, he's entering the portal, he's coming to Texas. He's thinking about entering the portal, he's coming to Texas. Oh, he's, you know, he's about, he's in the portal, he's visiting Texas. Like, it's just crazy. You know what I mean? Like where it seems like Texas is the favorite to land every player in the portal or, you know, every top player, you know, within this vicinity in high school now. Right. But I love it. You know, we've dealt with over 10 years of, of pain, agony and anxiety to get to this point. Right. And it's beautiful you know, going into the 2024 season where this roster is loaded. Right. And they added to it yesterday with Kendrick Blackshire, as previously mentioned, originally from Duncanville, committed to Alabama at a high school. Um, mostly served as a backup in three years at Alabama. So, you know, likely just be good depth for this football team at the linebacker position, uh, only playing in 25 games in three years at Alabama. And that's man, mostly on special teams uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Blackshire was uh, a rotational middle linebacker uh, for the Alabama Crimson Tide the last three years. So, you know, not, I guess the career you would expect from a four-star player, uh, but it is the University of Alabama, right? And there's a lot of four-star players at Alabama that ride the bench, but I think he's still, you know, is going to be very valuable debt for this football team. And obviously is somebody who's um, made a mark on special teams the last three years at the University of Alabama, where we know special teams is highly valued. With Jalen Ford and Jet Bush both leaving to go to the NFL, I think this is a great move for depth at the University of Texas. Once again, similar to the wide receiver room, now you have more proven and returning production at the linebacker room, but you did lose two huge pieces of it, right? And so you're going to have to rely on some younger players that you really hadn't seen before to kind of fill those voids, right, of Jet Bush and uh, Jalen Ford, right? David Bender 
is returning. I expect him to be probably your starting middle linebacker and one of your premier linebackers on this football team. And Anthony Hill as well, however they use him. David Benda and Anthony Hill will have defined roles on this football team next year as linebackers. But now you have players like Kendrick Blackshire, Leona LaFowle, and some other players in that room who are, like I said, are talented but unproven, can step in and maintain that production in smaller sample sizes off the bench, right? But I think David Benda and Anthony Hill will be your primary linebackers with defined roles and then you can allow a Blackshire, a LaFowle, et cetera, et cetera, to come in and spell those players and, like I said, maintain that production in smaller sample sizes. I don't think this is a move where Texas is relying on Kendrick Blackshire to be a difference maker on this defense, right? I think it's quality depth and somebody who can be a little bit more productive for this Texas defense than he was the last three years at the University of Alabama. What I love about this move, is it's much needed change of scenery for a talented player that never reached his full potential at the University of Alabama, right? It was clear really probably after year two that Kendrick Blackshire was in a huge part of their defensive plans. He also was playing, you know, behind some very uh, talented players at those positions at the University of Alabama. And sometimes it just takes a change of scenery, right? Sometimes it takes uh, a breath of fresh air, going to a new state, going to a new university, going to a football team and a staff that believes in you. And I truly believe that, this breath of fresh air, this change of scenery for Kendrick Blackshire could, uh, you know, prove very valuable for him. And like I said, I think that we could see his best year or his most put together year in college football under Steve Sarkeesian in this staff. And, you know, simply just changing his zip code could go a long way in terms of doing that. He gets to return home in a meaningful way. Right. When he went to the University of Alabama in 2021, of course, he was making the right decision right, to go to Alabama over the University of Texas. Right. But now. He gets to come back to the state of Texas, where he's from. He gets to come back to the University of Texas, the flagship university in the state that he's from, and play at a high level and compete for national championships, right? So he made the right decision going to the University of Alabama in 2021 because Alabama was the better football program. But as he said, this is a direct quote from him, this gives me the best opportunity to make it to the next level and play at a high level on the next level coming to the University of Texas. So as I've said over the last two weeks on this podcast, Alabama fans can argue all they want. Texas is viewed as a better job and a better destination right now than the University of Alabama. Regardless of what has happened over the last 15 years, Kendrick Blackshire and Isaiah Bond both have said as much over the last week, right? It helps solidify that Bama-like culture that Sark has built over the last three years, right? And somebody's going to say, we don't have the same culture as Bama. Well, Ajay Hall, even though he didn't do anything meaningful at the University of Texas, he was in that locker room, right? He played in a national championship game at Alabama under Nick Saban. And what he said when he came to the University of Texas is Sark is doing everything like Nick Saban did at the University of Alabama. It felt like Alabama in the locker room and the culture when I got here. That's a direct quote from Ajay Hall. Adonai Mitchell said that when he got here after winning two national championships from the University of Georgia, that when he got here in the offseason, he knew that this was a championship level program. They were going to win a lot of games and they were going to win at the highest level because of the way that things were being ran in the offseason. Right. So he could just tell just from coming on campus in terms of the culture and the way that Steve Sarkeesian was running things, that this was a championship level program. Right. So if a player from Georgia has said that where they've won two national championships and a player from Alabama have said that where they've won six national championships, right? Then I'm going to take that to my bank, right? And I think that Sark is building a Bama-like culture at Texas. And I think Kendrick Blackshire can come in after spending three years at Alabama and help solidify that Bama-like culture at the University of Texas. Regardless of his production over the last three years, 
regardless of what he's able to do this year for the University of Texas. You know, in three years under Nick Saban, he was taught extremely well, and those teachings should translate at the 40 acres. And he has three years of SEC experience, which will be invaluable for the rest of the locker room heading into that environment in 2024. Who knows? He may be on the field, may have to make a big play in a big game, in a big environment in the SEC, and thankfully he's played in those type of environments for the last three years. So like I said, I wouldn't expect him to change life necessarily in the linebacker room. I'm not expecting him to come in and be a starter or our next Jalen Ford, even our next Anthony Hill. But you can never have enough talent. You can never have enough depth in a player that has performed for three years at the University of Alabama, even if it's just on special teams in a rotational role, is a player I want to help this University of Texas team take it to the next level. A quick word from our sponsors, and then a top five list of five most impactful newcomers, in my opinion, from either the 2024 high school class or the 2024 transfer class going into next season. Today's episode of Locked On Longhorns is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make – your first bet, a layup, FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. All right, my favorite thing to do on the podcast, top five list, the top five most impactful newcomers between the 2024 high school class and the 2024 transfer class heading into next season. Number one is Isaiah Bond. I think they were going into the transfer portal looking for a number one wide receiver, and I think they got one in Isaiah Bond, right? The last three years, your number one wide receiver was Xavier Worthy, and I think they're similar in terms of what they bring to the offense in terms of speed and explosiveness. But I'm going to go out maybe on a limb, right? I don't know how everybody feels listening to this and say that I think Isaiah Bond in likely his one year at the University of Texas will put up a better season than Xavier Worthy did at any point in his three years at the University of Texas. I think that as Isaiah Bond, even though they're similar archetypes, is just a little bit more of a complete wide receiver. And I think he plays a little bit more physical when you need to be physical at the wide receiver position. I've always said that like Xavier Worthy was more of like a Miko Hartman type, a very explosive wide receiver, very fast wide receiver that could hit his head on the goalpost at any time. And he can definitely be physical with the ball in his hands, right? We've seen him, you know, break tackles and, you know, truck people when he's in that mode. But in terms of being physical through the catch point, in terms of being physical, you know, off the line, off the jam, in terms of being physical to make sure that you win your route, right? When you're fighting and, and, and tussling and grabbing and pulling on each other down the field, that's just something you really don't see from Xavier Worthy. That's why I compared him more to Amico Hardman, whereas Isaiah Bond, you see that physicality. Right. Like that catch at the end of the Iron Bowl, you saw that physicality to get open and high point that ball. You see that physicality, uh, tough, contested catches down the field, intermediate, short passes, whatever. Right. And so I think he's more of like that Zay Flowers mode, like even though he's the smallest player on the field, he plays way bigger than that. Right. Especially when the ball is headed his way. So I think Isaiah Bond is a true number one wide receiver. I think anytime you can go in the portal and get a true number one, number one wide receiver, especially in this offense with Quinn Ewers throwing the ball, he definitely will be the most impactful transfer or newcomer in 2024 for this football team. Trey Moore, right? I think an edge, you know, I've said it a million times. This is a million and two, I guess, right? The edge position is one of the three most important positions in football in today's age. It's one of the premier 
positions in football. And I think at this point, when you look at like the NFL, edge rushers have to be in terms of, you know, average value at the top, one of the highest paid positions in the NFL. Right. I think, you know, Aaron Donald is making 30 million. Uh, TJ Watts probably making close to 30 million. Miles Garrett um, probably making close to 30 million. Michael Parsons is going to get 30 million. That position is just that important. Right. And the entire time in the Steve Sarkeesian era, we have not had a dominant player at that edge position that just simply could take the game over. Right. And, you know, similar to how we saw Michael Penix Jr. Light us up and then look like a completely different quarterback against Michigan's pressure. Right. We haven't had that one player on the defensive side of the ball that could just wreck the game plan and take a game over. Right. And, and, just make an offensive coordinator and a quarterback just throw everything out the window that they came into the game with. Trey Moore has the opportunity to be that player. That's why I have him as number two with 22 and a half sacks over the last two years, 14 sacks last year at UTSA. He is one of the top edge rushers in the country in terms of production. The only question mark really is can that production maintain taking a step up in competition going from UTSA to the University of Texas and playing in the SEC. But Trey Moore is our best opportunity over the last three years to have a dominant player at that edge position and a player at that edge position that can take a game over and wreck an entire offense's game plan. So I'm going to say that Trey Moore will be our second most impactful newcomer and be the best edge rusher we've ever had in the Steve Sarkeesian era. Matthew Golden. Number three, he's just so explosive, and I think he's going to be a huge part of our passing game. When you look at Matthew Golden in his two years at the University of Houston, he's only touched the ball in terms of receiving. I think he's had like one carry, right? And uh, kick return and punt returns, he's only touched the ball collectively about 100 times, right, in two years at the University of Houston. And he's already scored 15 touchdowns, right? So he's averaging scoring a touchdown on like every six times he touches the ball, right? Like he's just super explosive. And in two years, he's been in Dana Hogerson's offense with quarterback play that will not match what he's going to get from uh, Quinn Ewers, right? In year three. So I think the best is yet to come from Matthew Golden, but even in a limited offense, even with limited quarterback play, he's been one of the most explosive players in the country in terms of touchdowns on a per touch basis. So I think now catching passes from Quinn Ewers now with Steve Sarkeesian's brain on the sideline, we'll see very explosive production from Matthew Golden. Um, definitely be his best year in college football, but I think he'll be one of the most productive wide receivers in college football, just in terms of the wide receiver game and the return game. And I definitely can see him scoring 12 to 14 touchdowns next year. He's that explosive. Andrew Makuba at number four safety was a weak spot for us last year. You know, have all the love and all the respect in the world for those players. Uh, but it was a weak spot for us last year. Right. And you bring in a three year starter from Austin um you know at the university of clemson the first db true freshman you know db to start at clemson since the 70s right a leader on that defense and that clemson defense has never been bad right with him on the back end and so um it's a huge upgrade for us at the safety position i think what we thought we were getting in jalen catalan is what we're actually going to be getting in andrew makuba and he's just a clear upgrade over what we had last year at that position no disrespect to who we had it's just all the credit in the world to andrew makuba who should shore up that back end at the safety position and then Colin Simmons, number five, right? I couldn't go all five transfers. I had to think of who would be the most impactful player out of the 2024 high school class. I wanted to go with Brandon Baker, but it looks like they're going to take things slowly with him at the tackle position, especially with all the experience and depth we have on the O-line, which certainly makes sense. I don't see Ryan Wingo having, you know, a, a huge uh, year next year since we just brought in three transfer wide receivers. Uh, running back, you got Cedric Baxter and uh, Jaden Blue, so not sure how much Christian Clark or 
Um, you know, Jared Gibson will touch the ball in terms of like Kobe Black at corner, Jade Barron and Malik Muhammad are starters. They're talking to Jabbar Muhammad. Like, so there just wasn't a clear path for playing time for any of our talented true freshmen, which makes a lot of sense, right? Outside of potentially Colin Simmons, right? I talked about Trey Moore. I think he's a guaranteed starter, and I think he's going to add a lot of value to that pass rush in this defense and give us something we have not seen in the Steve Sarkeesian era. And I think Baron Sorrell is a really good player who's production and value goes way beyond the box score and his sack numbers but i still think that baron sorrell at that position is a replacement level player right or a player that doesn't give you the high end production or the high he doesn't put fear in a opposing offense or a quarterback the way that colin simmons is projected to do right when he reaches his full potential so similar to anthony hill when they told us that david bender was going to be the starter and they would bring him along slowly and he was just too talented to keep off the field i think over the course of a 14 15 game season colin simmons will just be too talented to keep off the field and eventually i think at some point in the season he'll take over that role that baron sorrell will likely occupy going into the season so my top five most impactful newcomers next year isaiah bond trey moore matthew golden andrew makuba and colin simmons in that order thank you for tuning in to another episode of lockdown longhorns part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day